Yeah, all right. That's fine. That's terrible. I don't put bumper music in because Dan just bitches about it, but I put it in. <laughs> but then I bet you about you're not putting in bumper music, so yeah. fuck you, you know, millennial. It just sounds like bumper music from a uh, 1980s cable access show where we say <laughs> things like, welcome to MacGyver Central, where we discuss all things MacGyver and Richard Dean in. Anderson. You can call in now. Uh, Welcome to MacGyver Forum. You can call in now and we can discuss uh, the latest episode. 1-800. MacGyver. are open now. Yeah, Adam's (laughs) been on a big, uh, a lot of his music that he's been making has uh, had a lot of 80s influence. So it, which just makes me feel super fucking old, right? Because I grew up when that was... It was what it was, and all this lo-fi shit. People are like, lo-fi is awesome. No, fuck lo-fi. I had to grow up with lo-fi. I had to, lo- I had to grow up with the lines through the videotape because some fuckhead's VCR ate it. He took it back to the video <laughs> store, right? I had to deal with the uh, mono audio. Fuck all that. Give me my. And for all of you that weren't around during those times, uh, in in the dark ages back in VHS tapes, uh, when everybody was renting them from the store. Be kind, rewind. Yeah, you, you you always had that one friend who would come up with porn. And yeah. porn in those days got passed around via VHS <laughs> tapes. And it was kind of like loaning your friend your hedge clippers. You were just never going to get the motherfuckers back. No, you almost <laughs> didn't want it back. You knew where yeah. it had been, what it had seen. I got the best movie ever, boys. The best movie ever? What is that? Oh, my God. Why? It's a full-length screening VHS, which means you're not supposed to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. But got the thing at the bottom that... Yeah, I dated <laughs> yeah. a girl that worked at a, a local <laughs> video store, and we used to watch movies. You know, we thought we were cool because we'd watch movies, you know, weeks, months before they came out. Right. And, yeah, at the... Like at the bottom of the top, it would say this is a promotional screener, whatever. Yeah, you know? this is for promotional screening only. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been pirating back before it was even fucking cool, son. Arg. Arg <laughs> I was pirating. Shit, yeah. I was analog pirating. Yeah, yeah, back when copy protection was is this little tab in yeah, place the plastic on tab. or not? Jesus. Oh Christ, God, man. Sure hope no one has any black tape. Yeah, right? The good old days. Life was you know, life was simpler. I was thinking the other day about um, my phone and it's just, I've always got my phone on me and I'm like, I'm almost, I get angsty if I, if I don't know where it's at or if, you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know if it's, I, I've read all, I've read all kinds of articles on FOMO, uh, fear of missing out and the dopamine rush that you get and all that. And for me, I think just dealing with anxiety is just that it is a fear of missing out, but not like social media. Like I don't give a shit about that. It's what if I miss an email that was important? What if I missed a, miss a test mess text message that's important, etc. cetera. And what's funny about that is, and again, it's just cause I deal with anxiety. It's my own fucking problem. But 20 years ago, 30 years ago when I was a kid or whatever, um, there was a blissful ignorance. Like you just found shit out and you found shit out. Right. <laughs> yeah. There was no immediate whatever. Um, 
and yet jokes and cheat codes and everything else still wound up spreading throughout the United States. Like it's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> wild when you think about it and go Contra code and shit like that. Well, I mean, from back in those days, dude, uh, it's like, it, as far as social media and the whole nine yards, I've, I, I don't have any of those apps on my phone <clears throat> anymore, except like Twitter, but I don't really know anybody who's on Twitter. It's just, you know, you'll have, occasionally a celebrity say some funny shit. Oh, actually I do know a few people on Twitter, but it's not like we use that as a medium to communicate or anything else. You should uh, follow me on Twitter at um, Lester is dead. At Lester is dead. Plug. Right. (laughs) So now your mom and maybe one other random person who thinks that this is from the, uh, the HBO TV show, the bull, bullshit <laughs> podcast. Um, what the hell's the name of that show? Fork and bullshit. The bad, the bad place, or the mm. good place. Good the good place. place. Yeah, they've got a. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they've got a um, podcast called the Bullshit Podcast, I think, or something. Maybe it is Fork and Bullshit. Yeah, it's Fork and Bullshit. Bullshit. It is a funny show. Don't, don't get me wrong. So I just thought that was kind of ironic. So, <laughs> but anyway. But it- Anyway, it's like if I if I do lose my phone, um, I'm not freaked out by fear of missing out. I'm freaked out by all of my financial information <laughs> is on that phone. And, and there are somebody find a way to get into it. That's basically the access to my checking account, oh, my credit cards, yeah. loans, yeah. whole nine. Cause I do, I do a lot of two factor and one of the two factors that I prefer is being able to use your phone, get a text message. Um, I've got a authenticator on my phone, but what's weird to me is that there are still a lot of people that don't even, excuse me, have any sort of password or restriction on their phone. They just pick their phone up and open it. And I'll ask them, um, do you have a password on that? no, I keep meaning to, you know, set one up and it's just, my heart hurts a little <laughs> like, Oh my God, like, dude, you're going to you get have, fucked one day. Right. You have no idea the amount of data and information, even if you don't mean for there to be like, I purposely kind of do it, but there are, I know there are people that don't, that don't use two factor. I mean, my family, I push two factor on my family and, uh, the idea that someone could just pick up your phone and just access everything, you know, I, it's just, again, I'm a nerd. I'm a tech geek. I, I get it. I, but still it, what kills me is when you tell someone and they just are like, huh? Okie dokie. The but, only place my phone stays unlocked because we're Android, uh, 10, whatever it's supposed to be called, you know, Lifesavers, marshmallows, Snickers bar, <laughs> Snickers bar. Don't know what the fuck it is, but diabetes. Yeah, you can uh, choose like when it's paired with certain devices, or uh, it's in Bluetooth range, or it's in <laughs> Wi-Fi range of a certain thing. You can set it to where it stays unlocked all the time. And literally, the only place I do that is at the house because you know. I, I thought about doing it when it's paired with my vehicle, but you know, Bluetooth range can be a hundred yards and mm-hmm. somebody, I dropped my phone a hundred yards for my vehicle and I'm totally unaware of it. 
And or if somebody steals your vehicle with your phone in it. <laughs> They're like, cool, bonus. Great. Not only did we get his car, we got his checking account. You shit, right? <laughs> Here goes the weekend in Vegas. <laughs> My checking account wouldn't wouldn't get anybody real far right now. So. I, I would give somebody a really good weekend in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> My credit cards, on the other hand, yeah, somebody could have themselves a pretty good time before uh, before they, you know, stopped it. So thing about credit cards, though, is that it's typically easier. I try to use my credit card as far as like day to day and then just pay it off. And it's because credit cards are a lot easier to shut down, lock, um, bank cards. And reverse getting, charges. And reverse charges. And I think that's really the, the, yeah, the important the thing. Charges is the big part of it. Yeah. And your money's not gone yet. Right. While you're in the process of reversing the charge. And that, that happened with our bank account. Um, my ex and I's bank account years ago, something happened and they pulled out like $1,500 at a gas station. I'm still trying to figure that out. I have theories, but um, that's a lot of gas. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> and the bank eventually, because it was like on the other side, it was in Miami when I was living in Naples. It was in Miami and it was like, I was at work, you know, et cetera. Bank was cool about it. They um, they reversed everything, but there's like a 10 day, you know, yeah. so for 10 days, I was missing my rent, <laughs> you know, and everything else. And it was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know? So at least with credit cards, like you said, there's that buffer, you know, in between. Um, and I think all my cards at this point in the app, you can literally just turn them off. So I've been at the store, swiped it and had it say, you know, declined. And I go, oh shit, that's right. I've turned the card off, you know, et cetera. But yeah, there's definitely, you gotta, you gotta use a little you got to be a little paranoid nowadays or you're going to get fucked. Well, I had two separate experiences. There was uh, this one place. It was kind of a shady operation. They sold TVs at an insane discount. <laughs> just sounds uh, That's all profit. 100% profit. That's yeah. why it's so low. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so I turn around and I buy a TV from this place and uh, I get shipping or, you know, it's like they never give me any shipping information. And then they send me an email. Uh, the stuff's on back order. And then like two we months We couldn't get later, in the guy's living room. So it's on back order. <laughs> so like two months later, I'm like, you know, where the fuck is my TV? And the company actually shuts down. <laughs> so I go to my bank, get the charges reversed, and it took two goddamn weeks to get the charges. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Um, I started, you know, rebuilding my credit, got myself a little credit card with like a, you know, like a $500 limit on it. And, uh, I, and I don't know why, but like every time I get a fraudulent charge on my credit card, it, it's always like more than $50 worth of Redbox. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on with Redbox, but it's like every time it's like if I see a fraudulent charge on my credit card that just falls out of the fucking sky, it's always for something Redbox. And Weird. then... So I saw these fraudulent charges on my account 
because it was one of those times where it's like, I knew I hadn't used the card in like two months. And then all of a sudden, like a $78 charge from Redbox pops up. <laughs> so I call the credit card company and they tell me that it's under investigation and they immediately reversed the charges. So anytime I've ever had any of that shit happen with a credit card company, I've immediately got my money back. Yeah. Yep. And every time I've had to deal with the bank that, you know, it's just my straight up checking account. That's <laughs> always a giant pain in the dick. So yeah. you know, I do by and large, I might use my, my bank card, my debit card. I might use it three times in six months. Mm-hmm. And everything else is my credit card because I know if somebody gets a hold of that credit card number, I'm not necessarily financially ruined. Right. I do the same, uh, went out a week or so ago, went to a brewery, decided to face COVID head on with some alcohol. And, uh, <laughs> I tend to like, if I'm going to open a tab, I tend to use a credit card. And again, understanding interest and all that, right. For, for anybody who's thinking, why would you pay interest on beer? I pay said charges off immediately, right? I don't put anything on my credit card that I couldn't put on my bank account or couldn't put on my debit card. I just want that added layer of protection. Like Doug said, somebody steals my information and buys $1,500 worth of gas and red box. I can, I, I, I'm not right. I can still pay my fucking rent, uh, at the end of the month and not, you know, have to worry about it. Uh, so that, you know, I, I tell people go, go and get yourself a, a rewards card that you, something that, you know, benefits you. If you like to travel, get something with travel points on it, whatever, use that as your day to day, but you don't, you don't use it as in a, an actual credit card. Like, Oh, I've got a, you know, $5,000 limit. I'm going to go blow cash and I've only got 2,500 in my bank account. Okay. Well, you're going to put yourself into a bad situation. (laughs) You're going to have a bad time. But if you only spend what you could have put on your debit card anyway, you get the points, you get um, that added security, your credit, it, it benefits your credit rating. After my divorce, I did a lot of research on credit, credit ratings, you know, and all that. One, the, the, the overarching answer that I got is, Fuck you, plebe. You don't need to understand. Um, it, it's incredibly complicated. It's it's like calculus and trigonometry had some sort of tryst, and this disgusting offspring came out, and it was called compound interest. So, and there's no the, the most important thing is that there's no one pill to fix everyone's credit woes or whatever. You've got to look at your situation and do what works for you at the time. Um, Interest is a a shady bitch. Um, But what I learned was, is that things like car loans and things like that don't affect your credit as much as you might think. Paying them off doesn't uh, hurt your credit or really help your credit. It's kind of bizarre that paying things off can actually hurt your credit. (laughs) <laughs> Very strange to me, but keeping a rotation on like a credit card or credit cards is probably the best thing you can do for your credit. They love to see that. They love to see that revolving movement. You know, they want you to pay a little interest, but you know, that's between you well, and see, here's, them. Here, here's what you don't understand 
it's like that's a long list a, yeah what a credit card company really wants yeah the 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 interest helps them on the back end but they don't want somebody toting $50,000 worth of credit card debt because that's the person that's likely to file bankruptcy and then the bank has to basically go get fucked. Yeah. They like that nice safe money and what they really want is they really want the transaction fees. Um because those transaction fees they they add up very very quickly. I so if they've got a large chunk of money out, that's a lot of risk. So what the credit card company ideally wants, yeah, you may have a $25,000 limit on the, on the card, but the last thing they want you to do is to go buy a new car on your credit card and turn around and file <laughs> bankruptcy or whatever else where they're turn around and stuck with the money. Um, and that's kind of what the, the interest is, there to help cover, but it's v- reflected very positively on your credit rating if you're consistently charging something, paying it off, charging something, paying it off. You're a low risk for them and you do nothing but generate money for them. So your credit score tends to increase because of that. Oh, because you're making them money from, like you said, the the stores are paying to to use the cards, to the transaction fees, right. yada, yada, so yada. So they're, they're making their money both ways. Yeah. And you, you know, you'll get a lot of smaller mom and pop stores where you go in and you want to buy a soda off a credit card. And you know, they got like a $5 minimum because the transaction fees can get pretty hefty, but the main advantage of them actually taking credit cards is they don't have to worry about bad checks anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Can you imagine I, I've I've bounced checks back in the day. That, that's another thing that blows my fucking mind when I see someone under the age of a thousand and six fucking cutting a check at the grocery store. It's like, okay, stop. One of two things. Either one, you are just technologically inept or something, or two, you don't have the money yet. And that I can actually I can actually kind of I can have some sympathy there, right? If you need fucking groceries and you don't get paid till Friday and it's Tuesday and you just ain't got money, right? You write a check and you just hope to shit that slow, lazy motherfuckers don't get that check deposited until a certain amount of time. I can have sympathy for that because that that's a shitty situation. I've been there where I've cut checks late in the day, <laughs> just hoping that it didn't get anywhere um, I do know a few people that they think checks are more secure than debit cards, which they're not completely wrong, but no, it's not because you know. when you put your debit card in, your number goes into the computer, right? When you give someone a check, they Fair scan enough. it and then it reads it into the computer. Right. So, it's, and so, and now and they've got a paper, your routing and your account number <laughs> Yeah, if they're shady. They might have ways of getting to that. Having that routing number and your account number is huge. That's a very uh, good point. That's a very good point. That's that's another reason why I don't fuck with that shit anymore. The only time a check ever it's like I don't have checks anymore. No, if, I have, if, I, if I have to have a check for something, yeah, and, and and it's adorable. They tell me the same thing every time. It's it's like I'll go to a local branch office 
and I'll say, I need a cashier's check for X amount of dollars. And they always look at me like it's a showstopper when they say, you know, that's going to be a $10 fee. You know, you could just get a money order at the post office and it only costs you. And it's like, yeah, then I've got to come here, get cash. From <laughs> right. Go to another fucking place, fill that <laughs> thing out. And then have, you know, it's like in, if you try to give somebody a money order nowadays, they look at you like you're trying to launder fucking money, you know? So it's like, no, I, I will pay the $10. Just right. give me the goddamn cashier's check. Now there, you there, can do uh, you can do money orders off of debit now, which is actually really convenient. I can't. No, I've never done that. Last time I did a money order was for my apartment, and uh, I I took cash down. I didn't think about doing it on a debit card. That's kind of funny. Yeah, at least at Walmart they'll let you do it on a yeah. debit because yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the, the money's there. I was going to say right, the company that's issuing the the TransUnion slip is getting their money. Right. I mean, so, and there have been, and again, I've, you know, been very poor at times and there I'm sure have been times where somebody says $10. Fuck you. I'll go for a buck 50. I'll go down to Western union. I said, trans union, (laughs) Western union. I'll go down to fucking Western union for a buck 50, but I'm like, Doug, now my time is, is worth a certain amount of currency. And honestly, the only time, and I'm going to say the last 10 years. Well, no, cause I've, I've, I've owned homes up through 2017. So typically the only time I've needed a check has been in a situation like that when I was buying a home and you've got to do certain things with that, or it typically it's when I'm renting, right? You've got to, they want a cashier's check for this and a cashier's check for that, or a check for this, over that. And then I, I had an issue with, the last apartment I was in, they use uh, Rent Cafe, which just about everybody uses Rent Cafe. And I just want to go on record as saying it is the shittiest fucking website. And fuck <laughs> you people. You're making it a sh- constantly. Like, I mean, like, a, you know, it, it. I've never seen anything crash as no. much as it is. Because it's funny. Uh, because, you know, the rent laws are kind of weird here in Colorado. It's 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 like they can start uh, eviction proceedings under certain circumstances past three days. If you're like two or three (laughs) days late on your rent and you haven't made positive contact with them to let them know this, that, the other, they can start eviction proceedings three days after your rents fucking due. And what's weird is uh, my apartment complex in particular that I'm in right now. It's like uh, your next month's rent doesn't really show up until either the last day of the month or the first day of the month. So every month I'm having to do math to where I'm like, okay, this is my rent. This is my pet rent. And these are what my utilities are. This should be my total rent and pay it on like the 26th or the 27th. And then I have to go back and check and make sure I didn't miss (laughs) fucking $2. Um, Because it's like, you know, our our rent's like due on the first and it's late on the second. And that's how this place was. Every place I've lived here has been like that. Yeah, they're real tight on on that. And And Rent Cafe was down 
uh, for like three or four days. And they, yeah, I started getting nasty grams about, right, fiction and all this. I'm like, hold up. I hit them up and I said, guys, your your portal has been down for days, man. I, I you know, they're like, well, just bring us a check. I'm like, what, what year is this? This is not 1987, <laughs> right? I don't even fucking own checks. So um, I wound up going to their corporate office, the company that bought them. And I just went to LinkedIn and I typed in the name of the uh, the corporate office company, right? And I started pulling VPs and fucking regional directors. And I was like, watch this. So I just took their name at company and I wound up nailing like three of them. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I was, uh, I got a much better answer from them, uh, you know, and then, <laughs> so and then rent cafe popped up and well, because you know how it works, right? You get, you get these assholes at your leasing office and they're just trying to pound out metrics and don't give a fuck. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, if I had, um, if I had tenants telling me that my rent portal had been down for days, I would crawl so far up rent cafe's ass. They'd call me fucking preparation D. Um, they they wouldn't be able to fucking walk without my fucking tennis shoes hanging <laughs> out of their asshole. Right. Because that's sometimes what you have to do. And when I, when I came to my new apartment, they use rent cafe too. It's like everybody uses them. <laughs> I, I sent this long like diatribe of an email. I was like, I just want you to know how much I fucking hate this website, you know, cause even just signing up for it. Um, I, I think my, I think my email address for their login is like this website sucks at, um, cause I wanted to make it very clear how much I hate. Cause I always get the, that email address. And then the email address I use for my, uh, my apartment complex to actually reach me is different. And I get notices every time I log in that I've got, you know, conflicting email addresses. I'm like, no, no, I'm never changing that. You're, you're always going to see me in your database as this website sucks at. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's been a little bit better here, but I'm in the same boat as Doug, right? By the time it, it pops. Fortunately, mine is pretty stable and standard as far as how much it is every month. Um, I actually, my utilities, uh, I think some of my utilities are included and then like water and, or I'm sorry, electric and gas is through, the local provider out here. So and I, I, I used to use a company. Well, the last complex used, it was called like con service or something like that. And so it wrapped it all in. And it, it, like Doug said, then it becomes kind of a pain in the dick because you don't know what your water bill, electric bill, whatever, you don't always know what that's going <laughs> to be month to month. You can kind of average it. I kind I like having it separate me personally. That's just me. Well, most of the time, the way Conserve does shit, I think they use Conserve over here or something similar. And uh, generally, the funny part about that is they come out with that on like the 20th of the month. Mm -hmm. As far as like you get your bill for that, uh, it's just, just in, if you log into the portal, that will go ahead and show up whatever your Conserve stuff is. Portal. Yep. And then I just add in my rent and stick it in there. Stick it in. <laughs> as opposed to talking about rent and checks and whatever oh, I was else. About to segue this bitch. I was going to segue this bitch and be like, you know who doesn't worry about rent? Motherfuckers who live in Chaz. 
yeah. Just for you, Adam. Just for you, buddy. Yes, yes. Capital Long live the Chad. Autonomous zone. Didn't Full they change it to like chunk or chud? Chop. 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 Okay. Which I can't remember what the hell chop stands for. Occupied. Capitol Hill occupied Penis. something to make it say chop. Yeah. Bullshit. Dude, I, you know, I'm a libertarian. I, I don't like the federal government. I don't like the direction it's gone in. We'll definitely talk about the police at some point because fuck them. Um, but this Chaz bullshit, chop bullshit, come on, man. Come the fuck on. Um, it, stop. There is a point where just stop. That that cannot be allowed to happen. That's anarchy. I, I can see what the what Seattle is doing. They're they're treating them like petulant children. Okay, guys, you tucker yourselves out, and then we'll come in and you know clean up and put you to bed. And I'm not saying we should go in with rubber bullets and tear gas, but at some point you gotta stop people from just taking over parts of the United States, guys. I mean, it's uh, for me. It's just it's the other flavor of crazy. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, uh, whatever side that whoever's on, and like I said, I, I, you know, I, I consider myself in the middle, um, uh, and you know, you've got the people that walk in pizza parlors with guns because they think Hillary Clinton has child sex slaves in the basement. There is and that. You, you, you've got those people. And then you had the Occupy Wall Street where they went out and decided everybody's just going to camp in front of Wall Street for whatever reason. You know, I know it's some form of protest, but I still can't really fathom what they hoped to accomplish by uh, setting up a glorified homeless camp on Wall Street. Attention. Uh, And I can kind of understand that a little bit better. I can understand protesting, right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's like I get it. But, um, you know, the, the, in either side, there's a fringe element. And the closer you get to the fringe element, the closer against crazy you start to brush. <laughs> and and uh, Chaz, Chop, ch- you, know, chud. you know, Chud, Chip, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Chad. Uh, that's just another flavor of crazy. It's, you it's know, extreme. it's, it's yeah, there's, same no, shit. there's no logic behind it. What are you, what are you trying to prove? And I, I saw a great meme. It was a bunch of little kids playing on a, like a blanket fort. And they're like, we're Chaz, but we're going to need you to send us food and send cookies, you know? And that's, <laughs> and if you read the articles, right, they are, they're, they're asking for donations and they're asking for food. And it's like, well, hold up, hold up. You don't want to be part of the system. So you don't get the benefits. Every system, everything has pros and cons. And again, I have issues, right, with certain government overreach and whatnot. But I also understand and appreciate some of the things that the government provides. You, you, you've got to balance it out. Now, personally, I think that the balance is starting to shift, and and it's not as I'm not receiving as many positive things as I am non-positive things. I won't even call them negative. I'll say non-positive, right? Um, but shit like Chaz... Um, Did you just say non-positive? 
non-positive. And I hyphenated it in my head. So non-positive, non-positive, non-negative, but non-positive. So it could be zero. It That's be right. Zero. I'm using I'm I'm using my uh, fucking elite PR speak here, man. <laughs> um, it's, I don't want to say it's negative. Let's say this is a non-positive outcome. Um, there, there just comes a point where, you know, for instance, and, and again, great segue, uh, the idea of the Confederacy and, and the, you know, the, uh, NASCAR just fucking banned the, the Confederate flag and dude, it's awesome. I love watching fucking rednecks lose their shit over it. I really do. It brings me great joy. And I've been seeing a lot of these great memes that say things like, you know, uh, uh, you know, like Firefly lasted longer than the Confederacy and shit like that, right? <laughs> and 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 that's targeted at people that say it ain't about hate; it's about heritage. What so your heritage lasted two years? Yeah. What fucking heritage are you what talking a long history. about? Right. And when living in Alabama, and and Doug can kind of corroborate some of this. There are some folks down there that refer to it as the war of Northern aggression, yeah. right? My, my ex-wife's um, uh, uncle wrote a couple of books and one of them was about the war of Northern aggression. He hated me. He hated me because I was from Ohio. Right. And it got to the point where we couldn't even be around each other. And cause it was like, dude, fuck you. I, I just, I didn't want to hear your bullshit. It's over with die. And people who say that it wasn't about slavery, give me a fucking break. Right. They didn't like the idea. Now, were there other reasons? Of course there was. There's, it's politics. And we all know politics is never straightforward, right? Um, but if you go to Germany, they have laws against owning or, or displaying swastikas in any sort of Nazi memorabilia. Like, it's got to be in a fucking museum. They don't – and there are those that say, mm-hmm. Because they – it's because they lost. Because they lost. Exactly. You you don't I, I I there's no other country that I know of, and again, if anybody knows of one, please uh correct me. But there are no countries where there has been sort of uh uh not insurgents, but any sort of rift like that where the loser is allowed to keep uh monuments and statues and you, you're allowed to run, you know, it'd be like running the Nazi flag and saying, you know, Das Heritage. No, most Germans are incredibly embarrassed by Nazi Germany's, you know, actions. Uh, but the Nazis did other things too. It's not just all about the one thing. Right. Well, and if you think about like the Autobahn, uh, I believe national high, national highway systems was a, was a Nazi thing. Uh, Hitler was real big about having these massive um, arteries to be able to move military equipment. That's what national yeah. highways were all about, was about moving military equipment. Um, BMW, Volkswagen, uh, BMW was, a, you know, the, their logo is a propeller because they were designing um, engines for planes that could do things that American planes couldn't even dream of. And they were right, right on the cusp of jet engines when we bombed the shit out of world so since of they did other things, yeah, that know. means that we can fly a Nazi flag. Right. It's Germany. okay because it's it's heritage, right? Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck your heritage. 
fuck Lee and everybody else. Yes, I grew up with Dukes of Hazard in the General <laughs> Lee, right? Yeah. I still love that show and I still think that's a beautiful vehicle. Put it in a fucking museum somewhere, which actually the owner of it, I don't know. Um, I can't remember his name. He's a celebrity of some type. Uh, he's actually there, talking about donating it to a. There's a, there's a bunch of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a few of them. Yeah. Um, because you know they ran through so many on the show, <laughs> right? Weird how when you jump it ninety feet in the air, it doesn't survive. Yeah, right. The the entire underframe of it trashes. But it's it's not about heritage and these fucking assholes that that fly the flag and want to claim heritage. Fuck you. I got nothing for you. Um, it's, it's, it's a participation trophy of your history, but it's, it's, you know, it's just like any other part of my past. It's, it's, it's in the past. I don't live it every day and nobody's around (laughs) that was actually, you know, fighting as part of the Confederacy. And, you know, you may find something interesting as far as if you dig back into your family history and you get around to that time period and you find out that this person fought in blah, 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 and they were a part of yada, yada, yada. You know, all that all that shit's really interesting. But you you you, you get people that they, you know, it's like, I, I don't have a problem with you embracing your heritage, but I have a problem with you acting like that was last Tuesday. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the South will rise again. No, it won't. I lived there. Trust me. They've got no chance. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always been I've always found it weird long before all of the the craziness that we're going through right now. I mean, we haven't seen this kind of movement since the sixties. And I think it's great. I, I do. I think it's awesome. I think the protesting, um, I love the the same people that were fussing and bitching about, you know, all of these governors. Um, I've seen tons of uh, supreme leader polis, you know, superimposed uh, over our, our, our governor, uh, superimposed over uh, uh, the emperor from Star Wars and, you know, and Hitler and all these things that he's, you know, and it's like, he's really not doing much any different than most of the governors. Some of them Republican, some of them Democrat. Um, I would actually give him a lot of credit. And here's the reason why. Uh, The reason why I would give Polis a whole lot of credit is because coming out of this whole COVID thing, Colorado is ramping it up very slowly. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're, we're we're making very slow, very subtle moves, and uh, literally on the news this morning, a neighboring state, Arizona, they went totally the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like three weeks ago, something like that, they just blew everything wide open, and now when you look at the testing rates of people that are getting tested for COVID. Uh, the ones that come back positive, Colorado is just a tick over 3% and Arizona is at 16 and a half. So it's going to go like gangbusters over there. Meanwhile, we're not hearing much about a whole lot of positive cases in Colorado and we seem to have a handle on it. And I give Polis a lot of credit for that. 
I think he's done a pretty good job. And again, I'm, I, I have the benefit of not being a Democrat or a Republican and, and just, you know, to, to shed a little more light on it. You also have to remember he is a homosexual male who is also a governor uh, in a blue state. So if you want to see some red state fucking hatred um, well, or some Republican hatred that he just, other than being a minority, I'm trying to think maybe transgender. I'm trying to think of how a Republican, a, a, a Trump liquor could possibly hate this man even more. Right. Well, dude, before he got elected governor, they were running an attack ad uh, that basically suggested that he had raped one of his female underlings or made inappropriate advances or some other bullshit like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like I had heard all of this stuff and dude, the first day that I knew he was gay was after it made the news the next day, Colorado elects the first openly gay governor. I'm like, wait a second, openly gay. What was happening with uh, <laughs> uh, being all handsy with Susie Lou in the file room or whatever the fuck it was? <laughs> someone went to the someone went to the drawer, the cabinet drawer of things to attack your opponent with, and they were just like, oh, here, use these three, you know. And they didn't even fucking look at it. And like he touched Susie Q, and Polis was like, yeah, I love the cock. So probably, probably didn't, didn't do that. Yeah, probably didn't. Probably. You know, Steve in the mail room, eh, that's a little different, but you know, it, it just, it, I remember reading about that. I was, I think he was, um, cause I think Hickenlooper was still governor when, when I moved out here in 2017. Right. So I remember reading about that because I don't keep up with politics very much. I think the guy's done a pretty decent job. Um, again, my my thought process on all of it is a little complicated. I don't believe that it's a pandemic. I fucking hate every time I see that. Um, yes, as I've said, I believe the people who own this country are definitely paying attention, but I don't think this was all done on purpose. Is it being exploited? Of course it is. People exploit what's the old... Uh, Never, never let a good tragedy go to waste or something like that. Right? You know, as far as politics go, opportunity is precisely where you can mine it. You know, right, it's like, right. uh, you, you know, you have any situation that pops up. I mean, you can look through back through history, uh, recent history, uh, you know, ancient history. It's rife with examples. Anytime there is a major social change, sure. upheaval, disease, yep. war, uh, fucking terrorist attack, anything. Fucking well, I mean, it's like if if you want to look back, um, you can look back to uh, 9-11 and then the subsequent uh, wars in Afghanistan and Iraq after that. Nobody questioned uh, it. No, nobody questioned it. 75 but, fucking years. And it was like, uh, hey, guys. Yeah, we'll see. The The whole thing, it, it, it also became very interesting that uh, you had Dick Cheney, who was the vice president, a uh, former member of the board, or maybe even CEO of Halliburton, and then when it came time to go to war and they had all these contracts for all these things that had to be built, had to be done, had to be whatever, 
Halliburton immediately pivoted from having practically little to no background in that stuff to they were the sole provider of ninety <laughs> percent know, of the shit that was going on over there, and their stock went from like fifteen bucks to like three hundred bucks in the span of like six months. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they took that opportunity and turned it to their advantage. And it's just like politicians are waving their dicks in your face when shit like that goes down. Because I'm standing here, I look like the meme of you know John Travolta from Pulp Fiction going, huh? Huh? like no one, <laughs> does no one fucking see what's going on? And the news is like, they're fucking us. But then your, your hardcore conservatives, liberals, whoever it is that, you know, that particular politician is their deity. Well, ain't nothing wrong with whatever and hug a tree. And, and it's like, no, guys, stop. Wait, no, you, you don't see what they're doing here. Am no, I no, crazy you would do pill? it too. You yeah, would you do, do it too. too. Right? It's like, no, no, I'm I'm not a piece of shit douche, which is why I'll never go into politics, which is why I feel like it's safe for me to do a fucking podcast. Cause I look, we've all got shit in our in our past that if it was drudged up, could be honed in on and you know, turned into reasons why we shouldn't be in politics. Uh I get that. I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for reasons, but then there's just some shit like that, that it's like wowzers, you know? And then he just walks away, just walks away as a rich ass motherfucker. And it just, it's mind boggling sometimes how fucking stupid people are. Well, let's make a minor correction there. You say walk away a rich ass motherfucker. No, they started a rich ass motherfucker and walked away. (laughs) A rich motherfucker right i was <laughs> i was discussing that with somebody we were talking about like these ceos that are making you know tens of millions of dollars a year if not more and people say well they should give some money back to the worker and all that yeah you're right they should and i think there should be salary caps the thing is is it's not about money anymore at that point it's about winning it's about being the highest paid ceo it's about making more than this guy it's about it, it becomes a sport at that well, point. So, you know, it, it, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say necessarily a sport, but sports is a really good analogy for that. Um, let's say you've got a baseball team. There's this new kid who comes out of college. He can throw 108 mile an hour fastball. Um, everybody's salivating all over him. And, they want to bring him in. CEOs are kind of the same way. Um, CEO is one of those unique positions to where you can walk into a company having no idea technically what those people do. You know, like the CEO of, let's say, you know, I, I, I can't say this for certain, but let's say the CEO of, Pepsi-Cola has no idea how to walk in on that factory floor and make Pepsi at all. They didn't make him CEO because he was the best at making soda. They hire this guy as a CEO because they have a vision. Most of these people have master's or doctorates 
in economics, in business, in the whole nine yards, and they know how to make a company profitable. So they may, you've got somebody like, for instance, Dr. Lisa Sue from AMD. AMD, uh, for a long time, for like six or eight years, they were just uh, losing money hand over fist. And so they brought in Dr. Lisa Sue, and she made a very smart, strategic set of plans that they may not have immediately turned the company around, but it was, okay, we're going to be at this spot in five years. We're going to be at this spot in six years. We're going to be this spot at seven years. And then she took the company that was losing money and was in a position where it was just going to lose money perpetually until they had to file bankruptcy and be erased from existence to now they've got some of the top dog processors that are out there and they are making lots of money and their stock price went from like two bucks up to like 60 bucks. And she got a good salary to begin with, but you know that how they incentivize a lot of the CEOs is they turn around and they basically give them an ass load of options at a certain price. And that turns around and that makes up the rest of their salary. Now, where I have a problem with that practice is when you have companies that uh, they do something like the Trump tax breaks or they find a way to trim costs and as opposed to turning around and investing that back in the business, what they start doing is turning around and buying their own stock back so they can artificially inflate the stock price and make their bonus or make their mark on that. I'm, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I think more, there could be some regulation around that. Yeah, and I think that is more prevalent these days than the CEOs coming in and actually turning a company around or, cause you're right in the instance where a, a, a CEO comes in, makes good decisions and you're right. Like they don't typically go down to the floor and make the product or whatever, but they make the decisions and they hire the people sometimes to make decisions and that takes a certain amount of leadership, right? I am perfectly fine with those folks making good money because, right, if the company's making jillions, why shouldn't they get their cut of it? Um, the problem I have is really more with that second scenario because I think it's more prevalent. Netflix had a great um, special, might have even been Vice, I don't remember, where they were talking about... Um, kind of like how things work sort of thing. And it, one of them was like how the stock market works. And by the end of it, I was mad. (laughs) I was, I was pissed off that that's when I learned about how they dump stock and buy stock and all that. If you, if you watch that and the, um, what was that movie? The big short, which I absolutely recommend. If you were to watch those back to back, I think you would be legally justified to go burn down a bank. Um, I think they'd be like, Did I you don't watch see how too? a lot of that stuff is legal. Uh, I, that's the hard part for me to, because those guys are influencing the people that make the laws or the people, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, I watched a lot of sci-fi growing up and in the eighties, one of the right. sci-fi tropes was um, the privatization of government and that's slowly starting to happen. All right, Dan, I want you to repeat after me. 
I do not condone the burning of banks. <laughs> say that out loud now for the record. Yeah, legal disclaimer. I do not condone the burning of banks. I, I feel you. I understand. <laughs> but. Yeah, we were just talking about that whole, if you ever want any of the politics thing, right? That that uh, it would be hard to do if I was in prison for inciting bank burning riots. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of riots, right? Um, I, uh, the, the whole, we were talking earlier, we got sidetracked because that's what Doug and I do, but uh, it was discussing the, the, the protests and the riots and everything. And it was funny to see a lot of the same people that were, it's when we went into our governor Polis uh, rant, but the, the same people that were bitching about, these, you know, Nazi governors not letting us out and not letting us have freedom and, and all that stuff, which again, I've got my beef with the way they handled some things, but I don't think they were, you know, trying to keep us in our houses for nefarious purposes. Those same people are tweeting and whatnot and, and going on Reddit about how uh, all of these people that are, you know, running around in riots and stuff should just stay home. If they don't, if you don't want to get hurt, you don't want to get hit by rubber bullets. You should just stay home. Uh, okay. So we shouldn't protest for things that we care about and think should change out of fear of being attacked by the police. No one else sees a problem with that mentality with, with where we're going here. If I you're not, protesting. It's, it's okay. As long side. as you're on the right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about your side's argument. You know, if the argument is coming from your side, then the total it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think and what has happened in the last few weeks with sustained protesting, like it wasn't just one day where they were like, ah, George Floyd. And then the next day they were like, Ooh, new chicken sandwich. You know, it, it, this, it's been going on and on and on and on. And I love it. And I love seeing it. And I know I don't care about George Floyd's background. I don't care what he did or didn't do. Uh, look at Breonna Taylor. Right. I remember when I, when that news hit, I, my jaw hit the fucking desk. No knock warrant walked in, murdered her and her and her old man. Get the fuck out of here with that. You, you, you cannot justify that to me in any way. Even if she was guilty, that would have been the most fucked up shit anyone's ever seen. Thank you. Right. There's no They're like, well, that's, that's just how the cops are. No, no. Even if she was dead ass fucking guilty of whatever the fuck they were going in there for. You don't just shoot someone while they're laying in bed. Right. Because you, you, you bust in my door, you're going to take a nine round. <laughs> There's no two That's the thing about no-knock warrants. How are you supposed to know it's a cop? Right. Someone's busting down your door, you just start shooting. Like, right. That's what most well, people would do. And you should be justified in that. Yeah. Now, well, you know, you also have, um, they had that incident in Aurora last year. Um, there was a, Older guy, somebody broke in his house. He called the cops and he was uh, waiting on the cops in his living room, gun in hand. And uh, according to the story, the police officers didn't identify themselves when they came back. So he pointed his gun at them, not knowing that it was the cops, and they turned around and blew him away. The guy who had actually called the cops. Uh, so you know, it, it it goes back to what I was talking about on the last podcast. We really 
need some education and defined rules of engagement between both parties as a public education program. Yeah, I would agree with that. I agree. I saw something the other day that I found kind of interesting too. I see a lot of really crazy stuff right on the internet, but every now and again, something will come across and it makes me think Um, the idea of, you know, defunding the police was something that at first I was like, er, but then the more I read up on what they're wanting to do, I was like, Oh, Whoa, this is actually kind of a good idea, right? Take some of that money and put it into other programs that, could potentially be a little less volatile and you know, you're, you're really not going to hurt the cops. I'm sorry. They're again, when they're running around in full battle rattle, I just don't see that need. But one of them that I saw the other day that I thought is, is worth looking into is making cops pay for their own liability insurance. Well, like doctors do. And I was like, Oh, what? There's an idea. Honestly, what I would like to see, um, because, you know, I'm sure everybody here has seen Shawshank Redemption. Remember when, uh, God, yeah. I can't even. God well, anyway, it. remember we was trying to uh, get uh, some funding to get some books in the prison to build up the prison library, to get some albums, to get some records. And the the uh, warden very clearly told him the only thing that they'll approve funding for is more bars, more guns uh, and the the whole nine yards. And as opposed to turning around and wiping out police funding, I think we need to have some fundamental change because we've, as Politicians have cut back on a lot of government spending uh, in certain areas over the last 20 years. They, well, well, with uh, mental institutions, mental institutions used to be a state run thing. They served a great function. Um, you know, they could have done a slightly better job as with anybody else, but they were there. They no, no. electric shock therapy has been working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you know, over the course <laughs> of the last 20 years, um, cops have had a lot of stuff dropped in their bucket. Um, oh, as yeah. Far as yeah. Dealing with the criminally insane. Um, and you, you have no place for these people to go. You've got homeless on the street who may have various mental issues of their own. You've got people having psychotic episodes and the appropriate tool to deal with such things is not the police it's and not pepper spray and, and, you know, not uh, in 40 rounds to the fucking head. But, but, but yet, you know, that's the only tools that these guys have available for that. And when you turn around and uh, you know, you, you try to use them in that situation. You're, are you going to have some good outcomes? Yes. Are you going to have some really bad outcomes? Yes. But you know, that as a society and politicians have turned around and put them in a worse place and you have all of these, uh, you know, I am the law and order candidate 
they come in and the first thing they do is that same prison warden mentality where it's more bars, more guns, and more guards. And that's the only place for funding. And we really need some other uh, services to be handled by trained individuals and not some cop who just sat through a four-hour class on something one time, and that was his training. Well, and that's where the whole defunding the police, that really is the target of what they mean by defunding the police. The the problem is, is the terminology, the verbiage that they're using and the way that it's being spun, but that's exactly what they want to do. They want to um, change who handles. There was a cop in, I want to say Houston, chief of police maybe in Houston, and I may be wrong about this, and this was a couple of years ago, and, and he's at a press conference, and you can tell he's frustrated. And that's one of the things he mentions is that, you know, if there's loose dogs on the street, you call the cops. If there's a psychotic break, you call the cops, you call the cops. And he's absolutely right. And the problem is, is that we're putting basically what are thugs out onto the street with badges. Um, you're, you're taking these guys in, you're giving them some of the most minimal training in the world. Uh, the cops in the United States have fewer training um, uh, requirements than most cops anywhere else in the world. Right. And yet we're one of the few that still allow them to carry lethal weaponry, um, which is kind of messed up. Right. Um, but you know, it goes back to the whole thing with the, in, in, okay. If a cop shoots somebody in self-defense, like the Rayshard, I think his name was, and they're going about how he was let out of prison because of COVID and he beat his kids and all this stuff. I've seen so much bullshit. Here's the thing. If, if I use deadly force, right, I tend to conceal carry. If I use deadly force, I am going to jail. I am going up on charges until it can be proven that what I did was self-defense. So as soon as I pull that trigger to save my life, uh, my next, the next few years of my life is going to be a living hell. Okay. A cop does it and we just shrug and say, well, you know, he's not liable. He was in danger. Well, so have a lot of civilians that have had to ruin their lives to prove or, or to at least litigate to the point that they got away with it, um, that they were in. There are, there are, I do believe Colorado has a castle doctrine. A lot of states don't. Um, but there are certain states where if I'm in my car and someone comes up and puts a gun in my face and says, get the fuck out of the car, I'm taking your car. I'm not allowed to shoot them. Right. Well, they didn't shoot you first. The barrel, the fucking gun is at my temple. If they shoot first, I ain't going to have a chance. Okay. I don't know what this person is going to do. All I know is I've got a gun in my face. There are places where if you are in your home and they come in through the front door, you're supposed to go out through the back. What is that telling? What is that telling people? I'm not saying that we should be John Wayne and be throwing bullets all the time, but at some point, a person has to know, I don't believe it's government's responsibility to protect me. I believe it's my responsibility to protect me. Um, I have never in 40, almost five years, I've never called the police. I've never, except to maybe like report something or, you know, put something on record typically is what I, I think I've called the cops two or three times to put something on record. Hey, somebody stole my thing. Or uh, when my plates got stolen off my motorcycle, I was like, Hey, Somebody stole my fucking plates. If if this if this plate does something nefarious, it ain't me. You know, shit like that. But I've never called the cops to come and protect me because they're after the fact. We just recently had that uh, 
murder here down by the stadium where the guy was walking his dog with his girlfriend, had some sort of a confrontation with a guy in an apartment, and the guy started firing an AR out of his apartment, killed the girl, and wounded the guy, right? And I saw a lot of comments, because again, I'm still a sadomasochist, and like to read the comments, and some people were like, oh, you, you, you guys want to defund the police, you know? Again, not understanding what that means. And someone came back and said, yeah, all the cops we have out there right, right now did a real great job stopping that. And that's kind of how I feel about police. I, I don't hate police by any means. I've got friends and family, but I, I don't believe they're more reactionary, right? They rarely do. They stop something from happening, right? And that's not their fault. If you want them everywhere all the time, you want jackboots going through the streets, right? I mean, I get that. <laughs> but you, to say that we need more cops to stop crime, how did stop and frisk work in New York? Not very well, Okay. And every time you start talking about taking money away from the cops, what do they say? What do the unions say? Well, it should be a shame if we couldn't get out there and, you know, get there in time because you're taking money or making us do more paperwork. That's blackmail, asshole. You are now blackmailing me. You're telling me if I don't give you money, you're going to let me get fucking shot in the street. Well, what I honestly, what I would like to see is it's sort of a variation because uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as tearing it all down and rebuilding it structurally. Um, but what I would like to see is I would like to see some augmentation to where you have a cop that gets called out to go to a certain spot and, you know, any it, it, as opposed to dealing with someone who is crazy or who might have some special needs. What I want is for them to, at that point, be able to call in group X and the cops just at that point, just act as protection for right. group X, right. whatever, whatever they need. It's right. like, Hey, you go do what you do. I've got your back. Well, children's yeah. services use them that way. If, if children's services is going in to investigate a situation, they'll bring cops with them. And it's not because they necessarily want to manhandle somebody out. It's because I've in previous, you know, iterations of my job, I was in people's homes. And I remember being in one once where it was pretty clear something weird was going on. And oddly enough, the cops showed up with children's services and I was very uncomfortable. And uh, it the the cops were quiet. The cops just stood there. They didn't say a fucking word. But the the two women from Children's Services were like, "Okay, look, you know." So that's I'd like to see. And and by no means do I believe that Children's Services are always right. They fuck up too, but I I think they do more good than harm. Um, but I'd like to see, I'm like, I'm with you, even, even something like domestic violence, we send the cops and that immediately is going to escalate the situation. Right. So I'm saying you, you, you get a therapist, get a licensed therapist to drive out with you and sit down and try to figure out what the fuck is going on with these two people or convince the woman, listen, you need to get the fuck out. This dude is a nut job because a lot of your domestic disputes that do wind up in, in one of them winding up dead, it's not their first one, right? And it's a lot of times not their first one on record. It's it's just part of the psychiatry that goes with it. But you're right. Cops are not fucking trained to deal with that. 
that that's the last thing a cop wants to deal with. And, you know, I've, 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 I've known a lot of people who are or were former police officers and a domestic dispute. That is the last call that they want because those are the, you've got people that they're just eat up with emotion. They're full of rage. They're full of anger. They're full of hurt. And it is a situation that it can go, you know, a hundred different ways. And, you know, it's, you know, and because I know things like this, you know, I do have more of a tendency to give a lot of people a pass. Like if I see a police officer and they're, and they get upset, seemingly over nothing. Well, you don't know what the last thing that that guy had to deal with was. You don't know if he had to unbuckle a dead kid out of a car. You don't know if he just came off a domestic dispute where somebody's brains were splattered all over the wall. It's, you know, you can't exactly just walk all that shit off. No. And that's the, you know, I've been saying for years, knowing some, some police and talking to them and discussing things like this. One of the things I learned is that they don't do much in the way of like, if there's a shooting, right. They'll have a kind of a quick, Hey, how you feeling? You know, type thing. Personally, I think the stress that we put a lot of cops under, they should be doing annual psychiatric evaluations. I think there needs to be stronger psychiatric uh, requirements to even, I think being a cop should be a very difficult job to get. But the problem is, is that like Doug said, we're doing the more bars, more guns mentality. So it's more cops. Let's put uh, Clinton. Was it? Yeah, it was Clinton that he, he, I'm I'm putting 10,000 more cops out, more cops, more cops, more cops. It's like anything else. Quantity does not always equal quality. As a matter of fact, in this situation, I think it's done the exact opposite. I think it has watered down what being a cop is. And I do, I think, I think they should get paid better. And I think it should be a harder job to get. And there should be fewer of them. But when I say, and again, when you say fewer of them, people panic. Well, then what happens when there's crime? Then fewer cops. You take the ones that sit behind the fucking billboard with the fucking radar gun <laughs> and you have them doing shit that's useful. Right. You've, that's, you've, got, you've got folks that are out there, like we were saying, helping with domestic violence, domestic violence and things like that. You've got these other groups that are handling that kind of shit so that the cops who are well-trained, whatever, can intervene and do what they need to do, right? But they are highly trained. Again, we're putting these people out there with guns and pretty much carte blanche impunity. And there was somebody, have you seen, I haven't actually watched it yet, the female cop that went through the McDonald's drive-thru and didn't get her her egg McMuffin or whatever. And she's apparently just freaking out over it. And uh, I saw- Officer Karen? Yeah, Officer Karen. And I saw a response to it and it said, it was a black guy. And he says, and this woman is given, you know, basically a license to kill. Right. And, and, <laughs> and he's right. And again, I know cops are human, but I thought to myself, you're a fucking idiot. Not for having your meltdown. I don't even put my meltdowns online and I have enough of them. But right now being a female police officer, you're going to put that up online. Really? 
fuck? What are you thinking? You know, but it, it, but what it does remind you, what you have to remember is that these are human beings and they have emotions and they have feelings. Like Doug said, they see shit and they're dealing with shit. And just like with, with criminals and penalties, we have got to make it harsh when one of them fucks up. I'm sorry. We just do. Right. And I've seen too many instances where they have, they've, you know, shot a kid in the back. And I'm sorry, if you're a cop and you shoot someone in the back, it's murder. They're running away from you. Well, he had a gun. Well, I get that. Then you best catch his ass, right? And if he turns around, plug him. I don't care. But there have been in the last 10 years, multiple situations where I'll watch the footage and I come back and I'm like, that was murder. And there've been a couple I've been like, nah, you know, dude was fucking off. And and I, you know, or like when they reach for something and they show the video of somebody like reaching Nah, sorry, bro. <laughs> you start yeah. you start reaching for something, and I'm a cop, and I've got a forty trained on your face. You're taking two to the fucking head. I'm not gonna wait to see if you have a gun. He didn't even have a gun, dude. Okay, I get that, but just like I said in my car or in my private life, you know, fuck that. The cops come until, until he pulls it out. It is Schrodinger's gun. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that is. There was, and I'll have to look it up, and when I do, I'll find it and send it to you guys. There was a video to where you had somebody that had been leading a lot. Uh, you know, he, he, he was on the other side, sort of that whole anti-cop movement. Uh, and they brought him out to a police training facility one day. And what they presented this guy with was various scenarios uh, to where you knew there were going to be some people that pulled a gun and shot you. There was going to be some scenario, you know, when you weren't made aware of which one was going to be what. Yeah. All you knew is that somewhere in these, 20 presentations of somebody that you were going to have to make a split second decision of when to fire your firearm and when not to. And there were a lot of scenarios where, you know, police, you know, and it would, it, it had a video. It was in like a shooting range kind of a thing, uh, almost like a shooting gallery video game to where you would have somebody that would have an interaction with the police and then let's say, for instance, you know, they're sitting there, they're talking, and then all of a sudden the person walks around to the back of their car. Well, you didn't know when that person walked around to the back of that car if they were going to come out with an AK-47 or ice cream. You, you, you didn't know which one you were going to get. And so I get that there's that there are going to be circumstances where a police officer, uh, you know, quite literally not knowing if, if they're supposed to be fearing for their life or not, you know, they, they, they picked the wrong choice in that ice cream or AK 47. And it's, it's, it's bad. It's tragic. Uh, but the circumstances really need to be looked at. But when you've got something to where, you know, you've got a kid that was causing somebody a lot of problems. Uh, they go up, they, uh, 
you know, get into an argument with the cops. And because now that cop is in a heated state, he makes some bad choices or she makes some bad choices that they really shouldn't have made more or less because they were either pissed off or full of adrenaline at the time. You know, I, yeah, but they have to be held. You, you have to be held right before your bad decisions. You know, I mean, if, if I make and, a mistake that doesn't cost someone, someone's life, I could lose my job. Right. And I do, I do try to make an effort not to make cops nervous. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm that guy that I actually, I roll down all my windows um, I'm in a two door now, but I'll roll down both of my windows, uh, and turn the dash light on. And my hands are always palm up on the, uh, steering wheel when they come to the car, right? I don't go digging for my insurance and stuff like that. And it's because not, not because I'm trying to be a fucking bootlicker. It seems like anytime you, you have any, um, agreeance with the cops. You're a fucking bootlicker. I'm not a bootlicker. I just know that if I were a cop and I was walking up to a, a car late at night and didn't know anything about this person and knowing that people don't like going to jail. Um, and I see them rustling through their fucking center console. When I walk up, I'm probably going to draw my pistol at that point, right? You're, you're going to get told, Hey, let me see your hands. So I do things to try to keep them from getting nervous. You know, I, I try to keep them calm Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know? So I do get that because I'm, I'm like, like the guy, I, I get that. I, you don't know AK 47 or ice cream, right? You don't know. And I get that. So I, I think for me, my beef, you know, is when they start the the high school jock bully shit and they're yeah. yelling and being a complete asshole and it's like command presence. Okay. I get command presence, but there's no need for it right now. I'm cooperating. I'm, you know, doing things to try to keep you from being nervous. If you want me to get out of the car, that's fine. I get it. You've got me in a much better situation for you. If I'm outside the car at the trunk of mine, staring into your fucking dash cam again, I get all this. I understand. Um, it's, I don't hate cops, but I do firmly believe that the system is broken and needs some deep reform, uh, soon where, where I would, where I would tell you, the problem is, is in a large percentage of America, because a large percentage of America is small town America. Yeah. And small town America has no fucking budget. I mean, I could rattle off a list <laughs> of towns, but I, I'll just sum them all up as butt fuck Alabama. And you'll have a town that has a population of, you know, 800 people, a thousand people, even less than that, a couple of hundred people. And they have no real budget to speak of. And what they rely on for a lot of their funding to fund cops is federal funding for like seatbelt initiatives and whatnot. And there's a mathematical formula where they expect a cop to write a certain amount of tickets and the tickets pay that money back because you would not believe as far as like when somebody actually writes you a ticket, there is so much of that ticket that goes to federal, so much of that ticket that goes to state. And then the county and the city get what's left over after that. So if you get written up for a 
$200 speeding ticket. Let's say you were hauling ass in a construction zone, which is a big no-no. I would highly discourage that. But let's say you got your $200 ticket. Out of your $200 ticket, if it's written to you by someone from small town America, they're probably getting 10% of that. Depending upon the agency, it might not even be that. It might be a couple of bucks. Um, because I've known various sheriffing organizations sure. that if they wrote a ticket uh, by the time that feds got their cut and the state got its cut, what was left over for them was literally $2. <laughs> And so the sheriff would basically tell them, unless you see somebody who's very obviously driving drunk or driving in a manner to where they're highly likely to cause harm to themselves or someone else, I don't want you writing tickets. <laughs> it's not even worth the you because it's like when they write a ticket, they've got to show up to court for it. Yeah. And most of the time court for cops, unless it happens to be during their working shift, it's overtime for them. Yeah. So that the county, the state, or excuse me, the county or the city is actually losing money on every ticket that they write. Yeah. I've drugged uh, I've drug a couple of cops into court over speeding tickets. And you know what's funny is that the two times that I did, um, the cop didn't show up either time. Yep. And I wound up pleading no contest and paying for it anyway. But um it it was just interesting, you know, and it's probably why, right? If if you contested it at all and they didn't show up, you it would be it would be thrown out or rescheduled. Yeah, and I wasn't that smart back then. I was I was a punk. I was like nineteen, something like that. And <laughs> I was fucking off. I deserved the ticket. But uh the last ticket I got um was a speed trap and I uh Alabama. Gordo wow. Gordo, Alabama. Yeah. The so, smaller the town, the higher the likelihood that you get a ticket. And also the smaller the town, the higher likelihood that what you're going to be facing is an untrained officer. Because oh, literally, places don't have the money for training. Yeah. He was, he was. That was a fun stop, but the uh, I did, I did fight that one and wound up not, not taking any points for it. So um, that it's very rare that I do that. I don't speed. I don't, you know, I'm not out there trying to be an asshole. Um, but you get me in a speed trap, one of those things where I come around a turn and like it drops twenty miles an hour in the turn, and the cops right there and. It's like, nah, fuck you, dude. I'm not, we're not going that route. <laughs> There's a really small town in West Virginia called Matoka. All right. It's literally, I don't think there's even any stoplights in it. It's just like two stop signs and then you're through <laughs> it on your way through West Virginia. It turns from like 55 to 25. Yeah. Right when you get into town and they have nothing to fucking do except sit there and wait for you to come in there speeding. Cause like maybe, uh, seven people live there total. <laughs> right. If you're smart, and uh, you know, I'm happily disclose this information. If you're smart, you'll uh, take a close look at your state laws and sometimes your federal laws. 
because there is supposed to be a certain distance and a certain speed decrease across that certain distance. Mm-hmm. And if it's one of those deals where you see a 55 mile an hour speed limit sign and a hundred yards away, there's a 25 mile an hour speed limit sign that because of the distance between those two, if you fight the ticket at all, you're getting out of it because they didn't meet the minimum requirements of whatever. Yeah. But, you know, Interesting. if you get into a scenario where you see that 50 mile, five mile per hour speed limit sign, and the next thing you see is 25 miles an hour ahead where they give you some kind of warning that it's dropping. Yeah. You're not winning that one. No, and I've <laughs> ran across both of those. Ohio's got, I mean, you know, it, it butt fucks West Virginia. They're on the one side. Um, and so some of the areas that I grew up in were exactly the same way. Um, and you'd, you'd go from 55 or 60 and then you'd hit this little one horse town with you know, a stop sign and 10 people in it. Like, why does this town exist? And it would drop down to 25. And if you were so much as doing 25.7, you were getting pulled over for it. You know, there were plenty of little towns where you knew, you, oh, you yeah. knew as a local, more going down here. I, I know a guy in Morris, Alabama, because used to um, like 30 plus years ago, there used to be a, a rule that was written in that you could not give someone a speeding ticket unless they were exceeding the speeding limit by five miles an hour. Mm. And if it was anything under, under five miles an hour, you couldn't give them a ticket. But when they turned around and did that last change, whenever it was to where there was no national speed limit, they also turned around and wiped that rule out. I know people that have gotten speeding tickets in small towns like Morris motherfucking Alabama, uh, <laughs> going one mile an hour over the speed limit. Yep. Uh, North Carolina reversed that uh, a few years ago too. Uh, it was called like the bubble or something. They're like, yeah, we're doing away with that. And literally the next day, you drove down the highway and it was cop, 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 and they all had someone pulled. Yeah, and that's when it becomes revenue generating. You're not, you're not, you're not making the world safer. If some asshole, you're going fifty six and a fifty five, where are you going in such a hurry, yeah, boy? Yeah, exactly. You're not you're not making the highway safer when you do that. Okay, if it's a fifty five and you've got a guy running, you know, seventy seventy five mile an hour, it's still debatable as to whether or not you're actually making anything safer if traffic is flowing at that speed. Um, right. You know, but yeah, a mile or two over, I'm sorry, you're just not. I, I would rather you pay more attention to the tailgaters, the the guys that are whipping in and out of traffic or my personal despisable favorite, uh, the guy who gets in the left lane in the 70 and just sets his cruise control in the fucking passing lane and clogs up traffic for (laughs) miles and miles and fucking miles. Um, who's going one mile an hour faster than everybody else. Yeah. And definitely is not (laughs) passing anybody. If I have to pull over into the right lane to pass you, you know, there's a fucking problem. I had a, a guy I was in a band with a hundred years ago. It was like that. We were going somewhere and <laughs> we're in his van and we're all like sitting there looking at each other. And finally we're like, um, are you, are you going to get over into the right lane? No. 
Why? Okay, um, you know, because we're going to get shot. <laughs> Someone's going to shoot us is basically what I'm thinking here. Um, but yeah, he was one of those guys. He'd get in the left lane, set his cruise control, and just go. It was fucking infuriating, man. You know what I got out of all that? Dan was playing in a band a hundred years ago, so apparently they were like playing in the brothels. Yes. You know, playing jazz. jazz music. It was like, what up, my hoes? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Busted out my they were accordion. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> that hasn't been invented yet. What? That word isn't a thing yet. Yes. Yes, it was it was no, coined by no. Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben when they were dating. So you didn't know that, did you? So I, I'm a little funny about about wiping both of them out of history. I don't know, um, especially Uncle Ben. If you if you read where that came from, I just don't see anything racist about it. The name came from a, a rice farmer who was real big in Texas. And then the the guy that they put on the box was a waiter that they had in Chicago when they came up with the idea. So there's nothing there that's even questionable. And I made the comment that putting a black person on a nationally um, sold food product back then was a baller fucking move by the guys who did it, right? Because, you know, racism in history. Now, Aunt Jemima, I think her name was Nancy Green. And people are like, she was born a slave which makes her story even fucking cooler. She was born into slavery and then became a spokesperson for a, an incredibly successful line of food products, made her own money, you know, had her own, her own income. The only, the only questionable part of that story is supposedly, and I haven't, uh, I just heard this part of it last night is that the, the name aunt Jemima, which I have your, I have heard used as a slur. Um, came from a song sweet aunt Jemima or something like that. And it was from a minstrel show. And those were the blackface shows back in the like twenties and thirties. So the origins of the name may have been a little bit funky, right? Call it Nancy greens fucking syrup. I'm fine with that, man. (laughs) But again, you took two black folks, you put them on, on, on food products being sold to predominantly white people. Um, back in a time when that was kind of controversial, I'm sure. I just hate to see both of them wiped out because I think they actually wound up being successful in, dis- in despite of what was going on at the time. Again, the Aunt Jemima name, maybe that needs to be changed. And again, I'm fine with that. But don't erase this woman's likeness to appease – I don't even know what to – I don't know what we're – I don't know what we're fixing when we do that. I, I don't, okay. I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to play corporate schmuck here. <laughs> oh, I know, and I know exactly where you're going with it, and that's that's I honestly that's what bothers me about it. That's what bothers me about it. Well, you know, from a from a business perspective, uh, number one, it gets some press. Number two, they the you know you get to turn around and rebrand something and you get that rebrand in the news because it's like, you know, there are so many brands that have just gone by the wayside over the years. Uh, So, Hey, you get an opportunity to get your name in the papers and then you change the name of this syrup or that syrup. What are these papers you talk about? 
name yeah, what's a paper? papers yeah you mean a phone paper well i don't know maybe i was in that band with dan 100, 100 years, years ago, ago right <laughs> where we played the jazz music the jazz the jazz the and jazz and and i think you're absolutely right and i think that's what bothers me about it i i don't think it's being done it if it was being done from a place of um like genuine you know concern and consideration for for this black movement I would be, I'd absolutely be okay with it, but I, I do, I believe it's a lot of corporate shilling at this point and that bugs the fuck out of me. I mean, I was reading again and reading the comments and there are like tons and tons of black people that are like, damn dude, like I grew up staring at that box in the morning. I just, that was like my grandma, you know, was, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. I don't think anybody really associated, uh, you know, hatred or racism with it. And now my, my inner, my inner redneck's going to come out and be like, see, just like we think about our flag, ain't no hatred with it. It's heritage. So, but <laughs> right. That turned your stomach a little bit. Doesn't it? What happens when our, that heritage is dating your daughter? That's, that's what. <laughs> and on that note, Oh, that's about all I've got. Same. Play some of that. Play some of that pimp fucking music, Adam. All right, Cheers. boys. This is the outro right here. Oof. Welcome to MacGyver Central. Today oh we have special guests. We'll talk about where Richard T. Anderson buys his shoes. Stay tuned after the show for special guests. 